Hello and welcome back to Trady Business School, the podcast where we have real conversations and share great insights and tips on how you can run your trades or contracting business more easily, enjoyably and profitably. I'm your host, Miranda Hill. Today, I'm going to be having a chat about the little known secret to saving money, time and stress. So this thing I'm going to have a chat about today is massively underestimated. It is something that is so commonly ignored by business owners, especially trades business owners. I see it with our clients a lot as they do everything else and they often leave this thing. When it is done, it is often not done well at all, but it has a huge impact, a huge impact on money, time, and stress. And let's face it, I bet all of you listening right now, wherever you are, uh, would like a little bit more money, less stress, and to to have more time available to you to do the things that you know are going to head you towards your goals to be able to create the business that you want um, and dream of and to be able to have, I guess, a freedom of choice. So the thing I'm going to be talking about is organizational charts, but there's a twist. There's a twist on the organizational chart. And I'm going to be chatting to you about an accountability chart. So stick with me and I'll explain the difference. Let's have a chat about what happens if you don't do this. So if you don't have an accountability chart, or even at the very minimum an org chart, but let's just say if you don't have an accountability chart, you're going to hire the wrong people. You're going to hire the wrong people, not only the wrong people, you're going to hire the wrong people for the wrong roles. So you're going to be paying a bunch of wages for people that are going to be doing some stuff, but it's not necessarily going to be moving your business forward. You're going to get a lot of, you know, some of the things that will experience more will be things like finger pointing, um, blank stares when you thought someone was going to do something and nobody's done anything. So tasks will fall through the cracks. You are likely to get quite stressed out because you're going to be doing everything. You're going to be running around like a headless chicken And you're more likely to lose staff because they just won't know who is doing what. Staff won't get done. They won't understand their career path, what they've got to do to perhaps get that pay rise that they want. They're going to not feel fulfilled. They're just going to get sick of the chaos, right? So they're going to leave. They're just going to just, they're going to get over it at some stage. If you get this right, you're going to know who to hire. You're going to know when to hire them, and you're going to be able to hire more quickly. You have way more certainty in those hiring conversations. You will have way more certainty and make quicker decisions about who to hire and when to hire as well. So think about all of the time you might spend overthinking the who do I hire next and not quite sure about what to put on that on that job ad or that position description. This accountability chart episode is for you because when you've got this in place, it makes the other stuff easy. You're going to be able to talk about the direction of your business better. And as a result of that, you will be able to hire A player staff. You're going to save money on hiring. I mean, that's the, that's, that's the I guess, one of the, the, the biggest facts here is you're going to save money hiring the right people. You're going to keep them and they're going to be things like less mistakes on jobs, less reworks, less callbacks, less frustration, higher productivity, all of those things. I said before, you're going to make um, faster and more easy decisions when on who to hire and when to hire them. 
efficiency, productivity um, is going to increase because everyone's going to know who is accountable for who. So stuff's not going to slip through the cracks. And people are just going to overall, you're going to build a better culture as a result of this because people are going to know who's who in the zoo, where people fit, who does what. And you're going to turn your business into a well-oiled machine. Of course, there are other things you need to do as well. You think about some of the other episodes we've talked about. However, this is one of the key things. I'll give you an example. So think about it for a moment through, let's use a metaphor of building a house. If you were just to say to a builder, call a builder and go, hey, hey, mate, can you build me a house? Here's 500K, build me a house. And you just left it like that. You're going to make a series of assumptions that the builder's going to know what kind of finishes you want, how big the house, how many rooms, single level, double level, what some of the design elements are going to be required in it. Um, all of those things are going to be assumptions. You're going to make an assumption also that he's going to finish the house to the level that you want it to be leveled. I mean, he, maybe he'll deliver it to you without, um, you know, without that sort of final electrical fit out. Maybe it won't have floor coverings or window coverings. Uh, maybe he's going to tile instead of colour bond. Maybe he, um, who knows, there's an endless list of things that can change uh, when building a house. There is no structure. You won't know the layout. I mean, you might have really specific layout requirements to what it is that you need. You might have a growing family, just like your business is a growing business. You might want to, uh, he might look at you and go, oh, well, there we go. I know that you've got one child right now. I'm going to build you a, a simple three-bedroom home or a two-bedroom home, and you're going to, well, hang on a second, when he delivers you this house, you will, I've got intentions, like I've got another kid on the way, and in fact, my wife's pregnant with twins, and I plan on having another one after that. So I I need a four-bedroom home with a study, like the three-bedroom one you've built me is not going to cut it. So there's no thinking forward, there's no planning, there's no thinking about where and what the future will hold. So the house that you're going to get is going to maybe meet your current just, if you're lucky, meet your current needs. However, it will not be fit for the future. And so what you're going to end up having to do is do add-ons and renovations and you know, the thing's just not going to flow right. It's not going to work. When you, you know, let's transfer this into business, when you develop an accountability chart, and I'll explain in just a moment what the difference is between an org chart and an accountability chart, but it's essentially the structure of your business. So thinking about building a house, it's going to be how many rooms are we going to have? In fact, you know, what is the direction? What is the future of the business? What is the future requirement of this house going to be? How many rooms and in what order, what flow and what finishes? Uh, what room is going to do what? Um, therefore, you know, you can even take that through to well, how many PowerPoints do you need in each of the rooms? What are the lighting requirements of the room? All of those things, because you you know what that room is going to, what its function is going to be. So you know what you need. You just it, the, the metaphor can just keep on going. I trust you. You're, you're getting the direction I'm going in. So it's the structure. An org chart or accountability chart is the structure of your business. And in business, you will have heard me say this before, structure is your friend. Without structure, we have chaos. We have our business just growing and Frankensteining, bits getting added on, things don't flow. There are bottlenecks, holdups, inefficiencies, lack of productivity, lost money, lost time. The list goes on. Oh, let's just add a bit of stress on the top of that for a bit of the cherry on the top as well. So I trust all of you listening want um, less of all of that stuff and more of the good stuff. 
more of the flow, more of the efficiency, the productivity, the the more money, more time, more choice, all of those things, more control. So what I want you to, I'm going to explain a few steps into how to do this. Let's let's just dive for a moment into the difference between accountability and an org chart. So the traditional organizational chart is a diagram. Yep, it's a series of boxes with people linking together. And what traditionally it will do is map out the hierarchy of your business and map out who answers to who, who reports to who, the reporting lines. That's what I was looking for, the reporting lines of your business. So that's typically what it will be and it will be people's names and boxes with fancy titles and that's kind of where it ends like who reports to who how many people are in what teams kind of sorted into um, groups in the business so an accountability chart is one of the things that we teach within uh, our opulence program we talk about it a little bit in um, some of our in our programs uh, not a little bit a lot and an accountability chart is where uh, the lines get, it doesn't just chart the, chart the structure, it charts the ownership of the responsibilities throughout your business. It's built on the idea that if more, more than one person is responsible, nobody is. You think about it, you know, if you kind of throw it out, there, uh, you know, hey, um, could somebody go and um, just clean up that site? Um, it wasn't left in a great state. And, and who's going to do it? Right. Everyone assumes somebody else is going to do it. Could somebody do this? Or I think we need to do this. Nobody's going to do it. Nobody's responsible. So this is where the finger pointing comes in, the blank stares. People are like, well, I thought they were doing it. And they're like, no, well, I thought they were doing it. I just assumed that someone else was going to do it. So the accountability chart assigns responsibility to taking care of functions within a business. It addresses the issue that, um, and what we what you're going to do is map out every single accountability who's accountable for every task in the entire business so that somebody is responsible for or accountable for making that happen and I'll map out the difference between accountability and responsibility so an accountability is where somebody is accountable for the delivery of the thing for example a project on budget or the hiring of people or the um, acquisition of X number of sales. They're accountable for that happening within the business. It does not mean they are necessarily responsible. Responsibility meaning the person that does the task. So it may mean that the person accountable for it could outsource it to an external agency or they could have a team member below them uh, that reports to them, do the thing. And ultimately, they, though, are accountable for the delivery of that. The buck stops with them. When it comes to reporting, were was the sales target hit for, for the month, they're accountable for doing it, that the, the doing of it. They don't necessarily be the one, uh, need to be one doing the sales, right? So that's the difference between accountability and responsibility. So an accountability chart maps out all of the things that would need to be accountable for in a business. So that's that. We want you to, to map out the accountability chart, how to do this. All right, the first thing I want you to do is to list out when you think about your goal, you've got to have a 12-month goal. And what, what we always recommend you doing is to think uh, 12 months into the future. What is your goal for the business in 12 months? And I want you to list all of the functions, roles and functions in your business that will be required for your business as if it had already hit that target in 12 months. So if you've got 500k revenue and you want to hit that mil revenue, what 
will it take? What people do you need? What roles and functionality do you need in your business to be able to turn over a million dollars in revenue annually? It may mean that you need to um, split out things. You might need an extra apprentice. You might now need a site manager where you've just got a, um, you've got a couple of tradesmen on site. So you might need to uh, then think about, well, I need to get an internal admin officer, somebody to be able to take care of some of the internal administration of the business. I would need somebody to do invoicing and quotes. There's a number of different types of roles that you're going to need to sustain and to support that growth. So I want you to cast your mind forward to 12 months. Who do you need? What roles do you not? Who, not the people, not people. Put the people aside and list the accountabilities, the functions you require. For example, like it's your support team. List out the positions. You might need a marketing team support. You might need customer service to handle inquiries. You're going to get a lot more inquiries or phone calls. You might need like a warehouse team to support your stock or a delivery team, maybe finance. Maybe you need business development or sales, something like that. So think about all the functions in your business. Write it all down. Then step two is I want you to draw them up in a chart function. So this is where it will begin to look like a traditional org chart. And I want you to start mapping them out in terms of what that would look like in in reporting lines in your business. So this is where we cross it over into the traditional org chart structure. And you're going to draw them up. And here's a tip. What I love to do is get post-it notes, write the role the function and the role on a post-it note, put them up on your wall or your whiteboard, whatever it is, and you can move them around into the right structure and start looking at what that's going to look like. So you draw that up. Then uh, I recommend you drawing it up either um, in some kind of online software. God, if you've got to do it on pen and paper on your whiteboard, do it like that. You can get fancy and draw it up. There's all sorts of um, online software that you can draw these things up. Lucid Chart's an example. You can start and then map it out online. So you've got this chart. When So what you're going to end up with is a chart with boxes with the title of the role in it. And then underneath, and still there's no people, do not put people in it. Then what you're going to do is you're going to list three to five accountabilities for that role underneath that role title in the box. For example, you might have a general manager and that general manager will have people reporting to them. So there'd be a function of leading and managing their team. Maybe they've got to take care of the profit and loss of the business. Maybe they have to maybe manage special projects. Maybe you've got an operations manager who would look after things like customer service, product manufacturer, process management, maybe product or service delivery. Maybe there's orders in, orders out, those sorts of things. So start thinking about uh, the roles in your business and list down the accountabilities in that. Now, everyone that has someone reporting to them will have a lead and manage function because they've got people reporting to them. They will have to manage those. So as we start thinking about some of the performance metrics required for each of the roles, and I want you to really think about listing those out. You might have a site manager. Maybe um, it's they're accountable for complying and managing the um, OH&S, the safety requirements. Maybe they need to deliver projects on time and on budget. Maybe they have an efficiency or productivity target. They have to manage team on site, those sorts of things. Sales managers might have um, particular sales targets. They might have conversion rates. Maybe there's a dollar uh, revenue per month they have to hit that you would put them to be accountable for, knowing 
when you take a step back and you look at your accountability chart that has got all your roles listed and all the accountabilities, when you look at that, you go, wow, okay, if all of that got done in my business, we could hit that target. If somebody was in each of those seats and delivering each of those things, those accountabilities, then we could hit that target. We will hit that target. So you start looking at that chart and you take an objective look at it. Who's missing? I was reviewing an org chart just recently, an accountability chart for a client in our program. And there was a couple of things missed like the HR function. So who was doing the hiring, the recruiting, the contracts, taking care of the legal aspects of the um, parts. And you could also to put, when you look at this later, you might outsource some of these things, but you still need that functionality in your business. So think about it. Even if you have a bookkeeper, you still will need to have a, a, the finance arm of your business in your um, in your accountability chart. That's one of the functions required. Later on, when we in the, then the next step, we'll, we'll look at who you're putting in those seats. So take an objective look at it and go, what's missing? What's missing in my business? I often see kind of the tech stuff left out as well. So trades business owners, you, you, you're like, well, we've got to have people on site. I need an apprentice and I need a, you know, an A grade and I need um, a site, all of these sorts of things to be able to, to deliver. And it's all about the delivery of the projects, but you've got to look at overall what your business requires. So as you grow, you might need somebody that's going to help you with the backup technical support, running the software. Um, all of those things. Maybe you've got different tech requirements on on how to do those things. So think about everything you're going to need. Then the last step is you put the people in. So you're going to have a list of um, what I want you get a list of the people that you already employ, and look at the list of people. And then you look at your accountability chart and you start putting the names into the chart. One person in each seat. This goes back to what I was talking about earlier. If you've got more than one person uh, accountable, nobody is. One person in each seat, one name. Now, you can have, uh, say, for example, if you, uh, the business owner, are currently going, wow, you know, Miranda, I, um, I'm i currently doing all of the invoicing, the finance or the quote. I've got somebody that helps me do this, but I'm also on site and I'm also handling all the uh, operations. Put your name in each of those seats, you can have one person's name in multiple seats, but you're not going to have two people's name in one seat because if more than one person is accountable, nobody is. I'd say there's probably one exception to that. Probably doesn't happen very often at all, but I'll say it anyway. And that is when you have a genuine job share where somebody is sharing the job. So it might be that somebody is doing two days and someone's doing three days in the role. Often this can happen with the back of house type roles. If they genuinely job share exactly the same role and they've got good communication and it is very clear and there's a clear handover and both of them together are accountable, then that's okay. But you don't have uh, multiple people in one seat. So you look at that and you put people's names in the seats and then you look at it and you go, okay, where are my gaps? Where are my gaps? Or pretty clearly you might go, well, I've, I'm doing way too much here. Uh, I'm going to stop doing this and this. It's obvious to me now that I'm doing too much in the business. And this role here I could now hire for. It may be that you also, if you've got an outsourced bookkeeper, for example, you could put the bookkeeper's name in as the name of the person that is um, accountable and delivering on those things uh, within the business. So you start looking at those things. 
you will also probably and likely have gaps. So there may be roles because you've mapped it out for 12 months. If you've got your 500K revenue, you've mapped it up for your million revenue in 12 months' time. It's unlikely that all of those people are hired for already. You will have vacant seats. Vacancies. That is where it is super clear. You you go well. Okay, we're growing. Where are the bottlenecks in the business? Who's my next hire? It is very clear to you. It is already mapped out who you're going to hire next because you know it's already mapped out. That seat is vacant. You know exactly what they need to do. Hiring is quick and easy. Easy to pull together a job description um, from from this chart once you've got that. So that's it. I've um, given you. Honestly, that that that's it. Go away and do that. Uh, and if you think that it doesn't matter and you're not ready for it, you are. If there's only one person in the business, you should still do this. Map out your goal. This is one of the things that, honestly, I would say, you know, 99% of, of trades and contracting businesses don't do. And it is one of the secrets. It's a little known little known secret to saving money, time and stress. So it really, really is. That's it. Um, if you haven't jumped in and joined our free Facebook group, Tradies and General Contractors Global, uh, jump on in there. We share lots of other um, free resources and I do a live training every week in that group as well. Um, if you would like to jump in there, you can always connect with me on Facebook, um, Instagram, those sorts of things. Follow me there as well as uh, please like, share and subscribe to the Trader Business School podcast. That way you'll be notified when the next episodes come out. So that's all for me for now. Thanks for joining. And until next week, bye for now. 